0: All right, good morning. You probably think we'll be over in Genesis 7:11 after all the rain we got last night. But uh Lord didn't leave me there this morning, so we're going to stick with Psalm 37-7, like I told y'all. I don't know about y'all, we got, we got washed out last night. Girls came in from buying ducks and said that, uh, yeah, we got a duck. Said, uh, where's, your, where's your sidewalk out? And I was telling Nat this morning that I'd sat in my office at the house yesterday for four hours straight, never got up, never moved, and evidently it rains so hard it washed out our sidewalk into my office. So I got something to do this week, fix that thing. But we'll be over in Psalm um, 37, verse 7, very short verse this morning. But we're going to look at something that we don't, we don't like to talk about as Christians, and, and that's being patient, and it's waiting. Waiting on things, waiting on people, waiting on something. Uh, we got now. We were memories we talking about it. I guess it was yesterday. We got. We'll find out. May twenty-eighth is the doctor's appointment where they'll tell. They'll write on a piece of paper, and then we're going to give it to our sisters, and they're going to do the gender reveal thing on the thirtieth. But we thought it was going to take forever just to get to March twenty-sixth, so we could tell the girls and y'all that she's pregnant. This will be the longest two months of our lives sitting here waiting until. To find out, you know, confirming that it is a boy, that because <laughs> that that's the way I look at it. We're just getting confirmation now, but we're but we're, we are we're impatient. We're a lot of times we're impatient. People, Marie will tell you, and you may get to officially hear her say "Amen" after five years. But I am an impatient person, right? Amen. <laughs> but here, here's the bad part about it is. I've got a little one just like me, and that is Paisley. She's as impatient as I am. We're all, but we're all we all tend to be impatient when it comes to certain things in our lives. We don't like to wait, and we don't like to wait in line. You go well, and I don't go to Dollywood. I don't go to Pigeon Forge. That's the armpit of Tennessee. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that place, but you go to Pigeon Forge or you go to Dollywood, you go to Disney World, you go to Carowinds, you go to all these places where you, you have amusement parks and you stand in line. What do you do? You wait. You wait. I don't like to wait. And the worst part about those lines is they have these encouraging signs there that says, from this point forward, you're 30 minutes away. That's not encouraging to me. That means I've got to wait 30 more minutes before I get on the line. When we was in disney world a couple years ago we had just happened to go right after the super bowl and guess who was there tom brady they shut down the slinky dog ride that we was waiting on to to ride just so tom brady and his goonies could take a few laps around even more reason for me to dislike him as a quarterback (laughs) He, he made me wait i don't like waiting but we we have to wait on things in this life i don't like to wait to be served I, I, when I go into a restaurant, I want quick service. I want to be seated. I want, to be, I want my tea, and I want my menu ordered, or whatever I'm ordering off the menu, and I want my food in a timely manner. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait to be served. I don't like to wait on some people. I don't like to wait. I don't like to wait on some things. But that's, I'm an impatient person, and I'm trying to get over that, and it's taken a long time. I, I'm a lot better now than I used to be on most things except for kids, and I think I'm losing that with them too. <laughs> Some of the greatest struggles, though, in the Christian life is this. And this is, this is not just me. This is all of us. Some of the, one of the greatest struggles in the Christian life is waiting on the Lord. Because, you know, he has his own timing. God has his own timing, and we don't know what it is. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it takes eight years, nine years for him to answer a prayer. You know, sometimes we'll get an answer within minutes, within hours, but sometimes it can be days or weeks or months or years, or maybe you won't get the answer that you wanted. You'll get what he wants you to have, but it's always in his perfect timing. And so that's what we have to work on is being patient and waiting on the Lord now, I know that's hard to do. We're going to look at it this morning. We're going to, assuming that you want to wait on the Lord, which I think everybody does, we're going to look at this this morning using the Word of God, and we're going to find some help with our struggle with waiting on the Lord because I know you struggle as much as I do sometimes. We want answers. We want God to step up and do it right then, but it's not his time. If you got your Bibles open in Psalms 37, stand with me just a moment. Again, it's just one little verse. Psalm thirty-seven, seven tells us: "Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass." Let's pray, Father. This morning, as we start out this uh this beautiful Sunday that You've given us, Lord, we just want to thank You, Lord. It may have seemed like a flood last night, but we got exactly what You needed us to have, Lord. As we get ready for this spring and preparing the ground for the crops and all that's going to take place, Lord, we just thank you for the rain that we got, and I pray, Lord, that uh, everyone's safe that's having to deal with it. God, this morning, we do want to thank you for answered prayers, Lord, as uh, as Carolyn has uh, came home and is doing well from her, her surgery, her procedure there, and we just want to thank you for that guiding hand there with the doctors and the physicians, and uh, Lord, for uh, being with the family as they waited patiently in a parking lot, Lord, and just uh, God, just revealing yourself again this week. Lord, we, we're seeing your hand move so much here in this church here lately, and we can't thank you enough. And I pray, Lord, that, that we all recognize that. We see your goodness. We see uh, your love and kindness. Lord, we see that healing hand that you have and that strong arm that you have. And I pray, Lord, we not forget that. And just thank you for the great many reminders of all that you have, uh, all the love that you have for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you be with us today in this service. Lord, I pray that you would help us find more patience to wait on you in your time. And in your son's name, we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Why we are waiting is just as important to God as what we're waiting for. Why we are waiting is just as important as what we're waiting for. That's, that's, we got to remember, God, he's got big plans for us. God's timing is so perfect. God has this, everything lined up. I, sometimes, sometimes, and I know I'll never see it, but I'll, I'll, I'll dream about it or I'll think about God's playbook. If you've ever seen a coach's playbook, it don't matter what sport you're in, if you've ever seen a coach's playbook, it's thick. they got plays for everything. They got plays for offense. They got plays for defense. They've got these different plays that they will go and they'll see the, the lineup or the format of the other team and they'll call something real fast saying, I see this. So we're going to change up ours. And so they'll wiggle their nose or pull the ear. They'll do a sign or something. They'll switch up a batter or they'll call an audible in, in, in football or I don't know anything about soccer, so we can talk about that. But they got all these different plays. There's playbooks. God's got a playbook. God knows exactly what he's going to do for each one of us. Every circumstance that we're going to run into, everything that we're going to face in this life, he has a play just for us. And it's not just for us. It's specifically designed just for us. These coaches, they know their quarterbacks. They know their pitchers. They know their catchers. They know their players so they can design plays. One of the new plays that came out, well, it's not new now, but what, 10, 15 years ago, the Wildcats. You know that's not something that we're used to Wildcat play in football, but it came from a quarterback. No, I've had that work? Because it doesn't go to the quarterback. It's it goes to the running back. Yeah, it goes to the running back, and then sometimes the running back might throw one. Even throw that. That I means a whole different play. But God's got to play for us. So when we feel like we run into a situation in our life, then God says, "Here's my plan for you. Here's what I want." For you to do, and I need you to do it at this point. Let, let's not do it right now. Let's just hold off a little bit longer, and then, then you're going to do it. Then you're going to do this play. From the time I've got some some things here in Old Testament, especially that we're going to look at, from the time that God told Abraham that he was going to be the father of a great nation until Isaac was born. Guess how many years it was? Twenty four years. Twenty four years. So. Obviously, God was teaching Abraham something. He was teaching him something as he waited those 24 years. From the time God promised Jacob that his family would leave Egypt and that they would become the nation of Israel, guess how many years that was? 400 years. Obviously, God was teaching the Israelites something in that 400-year time span. From the time the children of Israel, Moses and the children of Israel, Israel, left Egypt and got into the promised land, it was about 40 years. Obviously, in those 40 years, God was trying to teach the Israelites something, something. Paul gives us a clue as to why we wait. Romans eight twenty three says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even... We ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. We wait so that during the time that we're waiting, we become what God wants us to be. While we're waiting, God is maturing us. While we're waiting, God is growing us. While we're waiting, our roots are running deeper and our branches spread it out a lot wider, like Keith said earlier. God is preparing us while we wait. He's preparing us for eternity but he's prepared us for the here and now. He's getting us ready for what we're going to face in the future. Because I promise you this, we might not, or we're not going to face it just once. When it comes to things in our lives, because we have a pretty good lifespan now 70, 80, 90 years, something like that. So we're probably not going to face things just once, we may face it multiple times. God is preparing us during that time to be able to face this and not only face it, but to help others as they face it too. He's getting us ready. He is preparing us for that. Number two, waiting on the Lord requires trusting in the Lord. This is kind of what it's all about. Waiting on him requires us to trust him. I can't think of anybody in this world I'd rather trust than Jesus. The man laid down his life for us. I trust him. I trust him. I gave him my my life. I said, Jesus, here I am. I'm a sinner. I can't do anything on my own. Come into my life. I trust you to be my Lord and Savior. Is that not what salvation is? You are trusting in the Lord to save you. You're trusting him to provide for you. You're trusting in him. Well, waiting on him, we have to, we've got to trust him. We, waiting on the Lord requires us to trust him. Now, I might wait a little while for someone I don't know or trust, but I promise you this, I'm going to grow impatient. I will be impatient. And at some point, I'll drive away or I'll walk away. I'm, I'm that impatient. I don't like to wait. God puts us in a position, though, when it comes to God, And he puts us in a position so that we have to learn to trust him. We have to learn to trust him. We're put in those positions of having trust, having to trust God. He tells us his perspective, his perspective of this situation. And it's going to be different from our perspective of the situation. So his perspective and our perspective, that's two different things. Here's the way I see it. Things are getting bad in this world. What do we say? We pray, God, can you just take us out of this world? Lord, send your son now. We can't take any more of this. Send your son. Let's go ahead and and wipe this world clean. That's that's our perspective. It's getting bad. Let's bail. Here's God's perspective. There's one more person down there that needs salvation. I've got to wait. See, that's two different perspectives. My perspective, Jesus come quickly. God's perspective, I got one more that needs to be saved. Let's wait a little longer. Ain't you glad we don't think like God thinks? Ain't you glad that we ain't up on that playing field like God? That'd be scary, wouldn't it, if we could think like God thinks? But I'm thankful God don't think like we think. I'm glad my perspective and his perspective are not the same. And I'm thankful that his perspective is not just focused on me, but on the entire world. He takes all of us into consideration. Our perspective, typically, it's all about me. It's all about this person. We're selfish. God ain't selfish. God's looking out for all of us. And he says, there's still another down there. There's still one more. There's still five more. There's still ten more. There's still a million more out there. I can't come yet. They haven't heard the gospel. I'm a firm believer in that. Until they all know, until they all hear. I've been working with a lot of mission organizations in the past probably two months. Lots, like over 300, that's a lot. They've all got the same mind, mindset. And it's all the same until the last one is heard. Until they have all heard until we can get the gospel all the way around the world, until we can get, if you look at the way that the gospel spread from from Paul's time or or even from Jesus' time, if you see how it's wrapping around the world, there's still some gaps in there where people ain't got to hear about Jesus. And I'm thankful for missionaries and mission-minded people that are willing to step outside the square box of the church and take the gospel to these unreached people. God sees that. And he's watching that, and he's saying as soon as this area or this area or this area hears the gospel, then I feel like that's when he'll send his son back, when they have all heard. Who knows what the time frame is going to be? We've got communication, we've got technology now. It's, it's easier now than ever probably to get the gospel out. But how long will it take us to get it to all four corners of the world, to uttermost parts of the world? How long is it going to take? It's God's timing. How patient are you going to be? 2 Peter 3, 8 says, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. One day, thousand years, thousand years, one day. Bible tells us God doesn't want to see anybody go to hell. But God just can't save them. He can't wiggle his finger, twitch his nose, or whatever, and poof everybody's saved. It's up to us. It's up to us as Christians to get the word out. It's up to us as Christians to go to those uttermost parts of the world. It's up to us to be his hands and feet. I'm going to read that one more time at the end there. It says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's what he wants, all to come to repentance. Is it going to happen? No. Hell's already got a bunch of people down there. Not all of them repented. And it's too late then. Things start getting rough in this world. What do we want? We want God to come get us, but God says, Mm-mm, "Not yet." There's still a few more that need repentance. There's still a few more that need to to, 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 to that need salvation. What? The best way to say this: We want His gifts, but we don't want His timing. Is that an amen or an oh my? We want His gifts, but we don't want His timing. We want all the goodness and the things that he can give us. We want it all. But we don't want his timing. So what do we do? We compromise. As Christians, we compromise. Instead of getting God's goodness, we get what we can when we can get it on our own. That's the way we do it because we're impatient. We don't want to wait on God's perfect timing. And so we don't get the best. We get what we can get. That's our fault. Not his fault. Not because he was slack. Not because he was slow. Not because he was dragging his feet. It's because it wasn't his timing. God's got his own timing, and it's perfect. That perfect timing we've got to wait on. Number three, waiting on the Lord requires humility. That's a big one for us, humility. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, Likewise, uh, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yet all of you... Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he may exalt you in due time. Think about this wait on something, wait on something by nature will humble you. Waiting on something, waiting is something by nature, I guess that only the humble can do with any type of grace me and james have a problem we've got two daughters (laughs) it's not really a problem but we got to wait don't we ain't there a lot of waiting goes on when you got two girls Gotta wait to get in the bathroom. You gotta wait because they're fixing their hair. They gotta wait because they got their own shower and they won't use it, and they come and use their mom and daddy's. Clog up everything, <laughs> all that hair. So what do we do? We're impatient. We gotta be. We gotta use grace. Do we use grace? No. Get your butt out of the shower. I gotta get in. That's what we say. I'm waiting at the door. Girls, we got to go. It's 10 after 9. We got to roll. We should have left 10 minutes ago. Ain't that the way it goes in the mornings? We got to go. There's no grace there. I lose my grace (laughs) about 9 o'clock when we're supposed to be in the car heading this way. We're forced to wait. What happens when we're forced to wait? It dawns on us we're not in control. When we have to wait, we realize that we're on somebody else's watch. When we're waiting, I can't make them hurry up as much as I'd love if it wouldn't get me in trouble, I'd get a cattle prong. Kind barred one. <laughs> I'd get one I'd love just poke them one time, maybe that sperm spur them on. Just once. But we lose our grace. We have no patience. That's not humility. That's not showing humility at all. If we're forced to wait, we realize we're not in control, and that bothers us because sometimes, by nature, we can be control freaks. We want to be in control. We want to be able to go and do as we please, when we please. But when we realize that we're running behind, we realize we're not in control. Someone or something else is in control, and we have to yield to their control, and that is humbling. So as we wait on the Lord... That tends to humble us as Christians when we're waiting on His perfect timing. When after a few years or a few months or a few days of praying and praying and praying, and He answers that prayer, it humbles us because we realize how good He is and how much He loves us. Now, this world that we live in right now, this is a very deceiving world that we live in. I don't know if y'all figured that out yet or not, but it's a very deceiving world. What what do, does the world us and teach our kids and teach these young adults that are that are going into the workforce and they're, they're trying to make a name for themselves and, and they're trying to become their own individual people what does the world tell them climb as fast as you can up that that ladder of success because once you get to the top you don't have to wait that's what the world tells us and that's deceiving get there as quickly quickly as you can get to the top rise no matter what you have to do you get there as fast as you can because once you're there, you don't have to wait on nothing. Do you think our presidents have to wait on anything? No. They're as high up on the rung as you can get. President, Well, U.S. president or president of corporation, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter. They're so far up on that rung, they don't have to wait on anything. So we become impatient. And as we're trying to get to that top of that ladder, we might start backsliding. We might start sinning a little bit. We might start manipulating people. We might start doing things we shouldn't be doing just so that we can get up to the top of that ladder because we're impatient people. And we, won't, we don't want to wait on anything. We want, thing, we, we want things brought to us. When I snap my fingers, I want that steak and tater. When I snap my finger, I want my yard mode. Next time, Remember. When we 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 want things quickly. We've got to wait patiently. It it will humble you when you wait on the Lord. And then you see what He does. Just wait on the Lord. Number four, you're gonna like this one. Believe it or not, waiting requires prayer. You need to be praying while you're waiting. Bible tells us not to cease. Don't stop what you're doing. Don't stop praying. James 4, 1 says, From whence come wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. (laughs) He says, ye ask not. You didn't ask for it. You didn't pray for it. So while you're waiting... While you're tarrying, while you're twiddling your thumbs, pray, pray. Get on your knees. Get in your prayer closet. Whatever you got to do, get up in a tree stand on the banks of a river. It don't matter. But you gotta pray while you wait. You pray. Ask. Bible tells us, "Ask and you shall receive," but you gotta ask. We don't ask. We just. We might ask once. Lord, I need this. Boom. We're done. But while you wait on the Lord to provide you need to keep praying for it praying about it you you have to sometimes we just need a little talk with Jesus to calm us down because we get kind of excited don't we lord i need this i need this job lord i need this job we get a little excited and we ask once or twice but we're so jacked up about the possibility of a new job or a new car or whatever it might be we just ask once but we need to keep praying we need to ask the lord to calm us down how many of y'all make a knee jerk decision? We all do. We all get a little excited and we make a decision really fast and then we regret it. Sometimes we regret that. I'm not even going to pick on Mike today in this truck. Oh wait, I just did, didn't I? Our desires are battling our wanting to wait on God. It's our desires. It's our it's it's the 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 it's the carnal things that that make us that bog us down while we're waiting on God to answer our prayers. We need to talk to him so that we can I mean talk to I mean not just when you need something. We need to always be talking to God so that we can recognize his voice when he's speaking to us. We gotta always we gotta always be talking constantly, whether we need something, want something, just thinking him for whatever we got going on. We gotta be talking to God because He wants us to recognize his voice that way when he does grant you or all, you know whatever grant you whatever you'll call it whenever he answers that prayer you'll know it's him speaking you know it's him talking to you i mean the girls were talking about this the other day that i was encouraging them to make sure to talk now, y'all might think it's weird some people think this is weird but when Maria's, when the baby starts getting a little bit bigger it's okay to talk to the belly Right, it's all right to talk to that youngin while it's in there because when that young'un comes out, that baby's going to feel more calm around those voices because he knows those voices. The baby will, will understand, not understand, but the baby will recognize those voices and feel calm and reassuring. Come on up here. But that's what God tells us. He says, my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep, they know my voice. I love when we was raising cattle, and my brother-in-law still does it, but when we was raising cattle, my dad and my grandpa, I remembered them hollering at cows. We didn't have a lot. Might raise, raise 10 or 12 head or something like that. But I could go up, and because I, I didn't feed as often as they did, but if I'd go up and feed, I'd holler at them, and they'd just stand on the hill and look at me. Just chew their cud. But Dad or papa could walk up there because they fed them on a daily basis. They would holler at them. They knew their voice. They knew their voice. And so they would come running. And then Paul Gregg over there at the house, he drives up in the field and lays on the horn. They know his horn. <laughs> he just toots the horn and they come running. My brother-in-law, they know his truck. They know the sound of his truck. And they come running. We're, we're creatures of habit. We, we, tend to, uh, we, we realize things. We start putting things with things. So when we hear something, we associate it with something else. So the cattle hear my dad yelling at them, and they associate that with food. Or Paul blowing his horn, they associate that with food. That's what we do. When we hear God speak to us, when we're praying and he's talking to us and we're communing and we're having a discussion with God, we're getting more and more familiar with his voice so that at that point when he answers that prayer and he says, here it is, we're going to say, that was it. That truly was God. That was God speaking to me right then. I know this is the real deal. We've got to know his voice. John tells us in 1027, he says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, but it says, and they follow me. I know them, and they follow me. It's like God tooting his horn. We just got to keep following him. He blows his horn or his motor, whatever. We got to keep following. We got to know that sound, that still small voice, that sweet sweet sound that comes from heaven. We got to know it so we know that it's truly God speaking to us. Number five, last one. Waiting on the Lord requires unending, untiring hope. Waiting on the Lord requires untiring hope. We've got to have a lot of hope. We've got to have a lot of hope. Romans, Paul tells us in Romans 8, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he not why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for hope. We wait for it. We wait for it. Wait for hope. Be patient right here. On the Lord requires it. That blessed hope. If we already have what we're waiting for, we'd not have hope, would we? If we already had what we was waiting for, we wouldn't need hope. We wouldn't need prayer. We wouldn't need faith. But because we're waiting, we got to have continuous hope. We've got to keep hoping. We have to exercise that hope. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. A person that tosses between two positions, they're unstable in every way. You can't straddle the fence. You've got to lean towards God. You've got to stay towards God with your decisions. You've got to have hope, continue, un tiring hope in the lord jesus christ he will provide again don't know when don't know when i know i talk about i've said this before but that that garth brooks song unanswered prayers that's a lie god's never unanswered a prayer god's never left a prayer hanging out there he has always answered the prayers it might not be what you want. It'll be a yes, or it'll be a no, or it'll be a wait. Wait a little longer and see what's going to happen. But God always answers your prayers. Always. Period. Exclamation mark, whatever you want to call it. So are you going to wait on the Lord this morning? That, that's my big question. And that's a huge question for each one of us. Are you going to wait on the Lord? Yes, no, maybe. We're impatient people. I don't know if it gets any better the older we get. Nat, what do you think? No? Does it get worse? (laughs) Great, thanks. (laughs) We got to wait on him. What's required of us to wait? Patience. Long-suffering. We've got to be like Jesus. We've got to be long-suffering. We've got to have the patience. We've got to wait on him. We've got to wait on him. God's given us all the tools that we need to do it. we just got to do it. Open up your toolbox and just do it. If we can't wait, on, wait for God, are we without an excuse? We've got to wait on God. We've got to wait on his perfect timing. Again, we've all seen it. We've all prayed for something. And I mean I Min mean was talking about this and talking about Hunter and how long it took. We gotta to pray. It will happen. He will answer that that prayer. But we just gotta wait on the Lord. I'm gonna read that one more time. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass rest in the Lord rest find comfort find comfort in the Lord and be patient stand with me we're going to close out is it as early as I think it is Get my watch, man. So much for the preacher. <laughs> I told Conley so I, I had to bring the work van up here. I somewhere to go after church. I said I hope the preacher ain't long-winded. <laughs> said, I'm gonna have a lot of time. I actually get to eat lunch before I go. We got we got a lot to be thankful for. This church, like I said a while ago, we just keep seeing God's hand in this church, and 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 I'm I mean, we're seeing God's hand. Folks, I, it's been a long time since I've seen him heal the way he's healed and provide the way he's provided. Not that he hasn't done it. and We're just seeing a lot of it at one time right now. It's almost overwhelming. But he's good to us. But we've got to be patient, and we've got to wait on his timing. And keep praying while you wait. Pray while you wait. Anybody have anything on their heart this evening before we close out? Some of y'all going to beat the God Squad over Los Arcos this morning. Anybody? You've talked all day, and you ain't going to talk now, are you? Anyone else? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't t- so if you want to go to grandfather after church and a few Sundays, <laughs> whatever, I can't remember the date, 25th, is it 25th? Let to know and get a head count. All right, Jonathan, will you dismiss us? Amen. All right, y'all have a good week, and we'll see you in the morning.